Hi, and welcome to the Happier You podcast. I'm your host, Bonna Normando. I started this podcast with the goal to inspire people to stop comparing their lives to others and start focusing on making their own journey unique, authentic, and happier. I thought, what if there's a voice out there encouraging people to find happy in their regular everyday lives? Instead of thinking happiness is something to be purchased, earned, or only for a select few. Each episode is meant to deliver a little bit of sunshine, as well as to challenge and inspire you. I'm inviting you on this journey to find the happier you. Hey, happy people, and welcome back. Today, I have a special treat for you. I have my friend Janine Russick on the podcast to talk about dealing with all of our stuff. I don't know about you, but I know I have too much stuff. It can stress me out and upset me. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out how to just let it go. Before I introduce you to Janine, just a quick reminder that I created my happy notes as a way to keep you focusing on your happiness in between podcast episodes. It's a bi-weekly note for me sharing my happy thoughts, tips and tricks, and a heads up on what's coming up over here at the Happier You headquarters. If you aren't subscribed to that, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can sign up for it over at thehappieryou.net. Recently, I got to join Janine in one of her organization coaching groups, and I was able to benefit from her calm, loving guidance while dealing with my stuff. It was so good. I learned a lot, and I thought, I want to invite Janine on the podcast so you can all benefit from her wisdom, calm guidance, big heart, and sense of humor. Janine, welcome to the Happier You podcast. I am really honored that you took the time to be here with me today. Oh, Bonna, thank you. So good to have you. Now, before we dive into all the questions that I have for you, I wanted to tell you that I love one of the quotes on your website. It's the one where you say, I've been told that some people are simply born organized. I wasn't one of them. I was born daydreaming. That gives this often disorganized, unable to let many things go daydreamer hope. So can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got from daydreamer to organizational coach? Or is that, is that what you call yourself? It is. It, it, you know, at first it was really tricky to try and figure out because there's there's different kinds of organizing, actually. So there are some people who are really focused on the stuff and organizing your stuff. So you're going to get a lot of things about how to organize your closet, how to organize the pantry, how to organize, which I believe is part of it. But there's the other part about who are you? Who are you as an individual? What are you here for? So. I tend to go more towards the other side and I focus on what's your story? How can we tell the best story? How can we go on a treasure hunt? And then we use your stuff to help you uncover some of the things that might be missing in your life because it's your stuff, right? It's something that belongs to you. So honestly, I think the stuff is about a a really convenient vehicle and the byproduct is a more organized lifestyle, but you're a more organized you, so you don't have to spend all your time organizing stuff. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And just saying a more organized me just makes me feel good and want to jump in with both feet. So how did you get from daydreamer to organizational coach? So I'm still the daydreamer. Excellent. (laughs) And I, I've learned a lot about how I just process things. And so I don't have to not be who I am 
there's some sisters. They're called the Sidetracked Home Executives. It's in the 80s. These ladies were hysterical. And the byline is from Pigpen to Paradise. And they just stuck with me. So I learned a ton from them. And so I started looking at what are some of the things that I can extract from them and put into practice. It wasn't so that I could be more organized. It was simply, how do I get my work done faster so I have my time to play? Mm. It was really my thing. I couldn't just play and then not have my work done. So what are ways that we can make it more effective? So then I started, you know, studying things like Jeff Campbell and speed cleaning. What are these little systems that I can put into place that will help make it easier for me to do the things that are the mundane every day? Things I want to be able to have so that my environment invited me to be able to go out and come home with that kind of a freedom of, you know, some of my clients right now are, I just wish I could run away from home or I don't want to, I don't want to come home. So they'll do all these other things. And I wanted to be able to be free when I left and free when I came home. And so I've just continued to add things. I keep learning from other people. And then just incorporate it and share it with the people I'm working with. Another thing that I really like how you say is I hold the door open for my clients to take action and make progress toward reaching their goals and creating the space they love to call home. Mm -hmm. And you just said it now is, you know, that you want to come home to this space. And I love that feeling because I, I think that's really important for me. My home is my nurturing space and my safe space. And so Creating that environment where I'm proud of it and it feels good and nurturing and mine. You said, I don't have to not be who I am. And Mm -hmm. I love that concept because that's part of this journey for me is figuring out who I am, what's important to me and what, what I want in my space. Another great thing I would like for you to share with the Happier You community is your group coaching that I got to be a part of. And when we started it, we did it with, uh, what do you call it? An eight minute tidy? The eight minute sweep. This eight minute sweep. And we always got really energized before it. It was such a positive, energetic way to start the session. Where did you get that idea from? Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, I think originally where it started coming from is when my kids were young, I would say, do your circle. Because I was integrating things into my life. But one of the things that I had learned is that you start the organizing process, which I I do this a little differently personally, but you start at the door, you work your way clockwise around a room, but the circle was you make your bed, you pick up your clothes, right? And you scan around and you make a circle so that you look and you stop to see, well, what, what captures my attention? What is, you know, catches my eye? And so that was something with my kids. Okay, you need to do your circle. So honestly, that's kind of where it is. The other part where it comes from is, so we were doing, when COVID hit, we started um, doing just, you know how some people were doing Friday cocktail parties and things like that, getting together on Zoom. And I thought, can't really get together live with a lot of my clients because of maybe age restrictions or health concerns or something. And so while we were all on hold, I thought, why not have organizing parties, right? So it kept us positive. It kept us moving. And it just happened on, I don't know why I did it. It was, okay, we're all going to do a sweep and get you started. 
because then you're moving. Then, then you've got, you've cleared a little bit of a space, but you've also cleared your brain a little bit. Mm. So some people will say, set a timer for 15 minutes and then, you know, do some work. And for whatever reason, when I was doing my own sweeps by 10 minutes, I had totally forgotten that I was even doing a sweep. And so 10 minutes was too long. Five minutes was too short. So that's how I came with the eight minute sweep. It was just on a whim. And it's probably one of the most powerful things that I've been able to utilize with my clients. And I actually use it when I'm on a client. So there's sometimes when I'm doing a virtual session with someone, they'll start if they're really kind of angsty or they're frustrated or we start with a sweep because then that helps create a shift. And you start with movement and something positive. You also recognize, wow, there's a lot that I can clear in this very short period of time. And I think that's a really positive. So we have to sometimes clear space to, in order to clear space. Right. Yeah. I I like that actually, because having been through it with you, I, I love the concept of movement because I definitely you know, a body at rest remains at rest, right? So Mm -hmm. you get us moving, you get us finding small wins, uh, you know, with just just that feeling, because I remember by, you know, the second and third week we were doing this, I would just, I would end up doing it before the start of the session, because I'm like, Uh oh, this is coming up, and I'm going to start at my front door, and it's going to be awesome. And each time I kept getting further and further into my house, the other thing I wanted to touch on, I really liked about your group is when you talked about her. Mm. Can you share with the listeners what is the concept of her? The infamous her. Um, some people love her. Some people hate her. Um, yeah, there's a really mixed uh, review about her. I keep having to revise her. So... The idea came to me from, okay, here's your to-do list. Here's, here's what you want. And I think some of the, the really essential things that I'm working with is asking the question. I call these, um, you know, how do you create a personal structure that works for you for getting the things done that matter to you? So here are the five questions. One, what do you want? But then you want to be able to say, I want this so that or because. For some people, when you say you have to know your why, you have to know why you're here on this planet and everything has to work its way down. My people tend to shut down with those kinds of questions. I shut down with those kinds of questions. Me too. Therefore, I'm not going to ask those questions. But if you ask me, you want this so that or because, people can always give me, right? And then it's when are you going to do it? That's where people tend to get really stuck. So when we do the counter conversation, especially in the group, do you see yourself doing this today? No, do you see it, right? When do you see, is it this week? No, right? So then we get some clarity, when? And if you're not willing to put it in a, a in a time frame, then it's like, well, it's a wouldn't it be nice if, right? But when, where does it belong? So that could be something that you have, a belonging, but it could also be where does this belong in your calendar? But the last question is the most important to me, and it's how are you going to do it? And there are two parts to that. One, it's the mechanics. How do you do it? How do you organize? We can read and do the books. 
There's a lot of information on the mechanics. But then how do we get ourselves to show up, right? And that's where her comes in. So I got this from Jim Rohn, and he would ask the question, describe the kind of person that you need to become. What kind of person? They've already accomplished it. They've already done it. And so that resonated with me because in my imagination, I could picture someone who's already doing what I want to do, but I don't have to be that person because if you tell me you have to be this person, then I resist. But if it's like, oh, I, you know, have you ever watched the ballet dancers? Beautiful ballet dancers. So we I'd take my daughter, we'd go to the ballet and you could watch these beautiful young women in the colleges and stuff. We'd go to college shows. And she would come home and she would do ballet, mm. right? As a three-year-old. Well, her ballet in the aisle, she was copying what she saw these other women doing. Now, my daughter did not become a prima, you know, ballerina. But what happened is that picture in my mind of we can look to say, I like how this person does this. I like how someone is doing that. And then we can say, well, how would that fit for me? So when we start looking at, I think some women run into, I work predominantly with women. I do work with some men, but predominantly women. And they start looking on the outside and start saying, oh, I have to be this. I have to be that. And I think generationally, there are some women who would so bulk at, I just want to be me. I don't want to have to become somebody else. So the premise behind it is basically, if you could imagine the things that we have are because of who we are. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So it's about up until now, what I've believed, the things I've done, they've given me what I have. If I want the very same of what I have, because it's so awesome, what would you keep doing? So basically, you're clarifying the good things in your life. How do I keep those good things? My question is, what happens if you want something even a little different or a little bit more, or you want that growth beyond where you are right now, can your current way of thinking accomplish that change? I don't think so. No. Right. Okay. So what happens if you don't know how to do it yet? You don't relate to it yet. You can't even imagine you're cranky. This person who wants what you want, she's not cranky when she does it. Right? So if you could watch, have you ever just gone along with a friend and they're doing something and you come alongside and as you are doing it with them, you're practicing a skill that you see just like the ballerina. Then it starts to become something that's more natural that allows you to do what they're doing. And less scary. Less scary. But for me, it is. Right? Because I can do something very cranky. And still do it and still show up. And I can be scared to death, but she's already doing it. So if she's doing it, I guess I can do it. So it allows us to get our feet in the water without the intimidation of I have to be perfect in order to have something else different from what I have. So you use the concept of her as the version version of myself or the mentor, the friend who's doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, what would she do? Right? What would she do? And it took me away from this picture of you're not good enough. 
to what is the picture? Where am I going? What do I want? If I don't know right now, but what we're looking for or what are the beliefs? What are some of the character traits? What are some of the habits? What are lifestyle practices? Like she drinks water. <laughs> she goes to bed so she can get up in the morning feeling refreshed. She exercises, right? So what are some of the things that help make it easier? And that's what we're looking for. Getting beyond just the, oh, I have to do this. Well, what's going to make it easier? Well, if I'm rested, if I'm nourished, if I'm getting fresh air and exercise, if I'm having opportunity to get away from some of these things. So for some, it helps to just imagine someone else that's doing it. A conglomeration of different people that they know that they like. The other thing that I've learned, especially for some of the women that I work with, there's such pressure to have this global picture of, and I love David Allen, um, getting things done. And he does talk about things that are very global, right? Why do you believe you've been put on this planet? So that's, that's a beautiful concept. But if you can't even figure out how to get out from under the pressure, this expectation of, you know, you need to change the world is just outrageous. And yet we tend to make that jump. And one of the things I love about what he's done is he acknowledges those things, but he starts with what is the next physical visible action? He brings it down. And so that's why if you notice in group coaching, you do, what do you see yourself doing over the course of the next 30 days? You bring it down to where are you right now? And I think that's what's so important. What are you about right now? Let's get things centered and moving there. So we always start with where are you? And we start working in the where are you? And then over time, then we'll start expanding into the rest. I'll go down a list and say, describe this kind of person. She gets up every morning. She does this. She's, her house is always clean. Her laundry is always done, right? And they go on and on and on. And then I'll say, and so do you like her? And there's an expletive no, right? <laughs> Would you want to hang out with her? No. So what sane woman would try to be something that they don't even like? Mm. So really, the the concept of her is to start to crush some of these ideas that we're carrying and because we don't even always realize that we do. And so if you're creating this perfect person who you can't even stand, then we have a chance to change the conversation, right? And recognize, oh, I can change some of my perspective. And so now we're adding in, so what is attractive about them? And who can you ask for help? So I really like that explanation, actually, because getting people to realize that the ideal person they think they want to be is not somebody they like. So why would we go there? What we think is expected of us and makes us a perfect person or the, the perfect daughter, the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect sister, whatever, we have these images in our head. And we think I have to, I should, right? And then when you get them to describe this person, you're like, do you like that person? No. Okay. That to me is so, so powerful. How do you get yourself to show up? Do you have tips and tricks for your clients? I'm very biased. Showing up is about 
taking a look at what is it that I want so that or because, I mean, having that conversation that I described earlier. Getting yourself to show up sometimes means coming to group, right? There are a lot of us who wouldn't do it if we weren't in a group setting. So we can recognize that. But if you don't have clarity, then it's very hard to make decisions. And it really is about decision making. So we can have all the things that we should be doing. Identifying that next physical visible action actually makes it easier, right? But some of it, if we use it as an exercise to practice a skill, I'm going to make a quicker decision. I'm going to, you know, keep, take action because that's different, right? You can make the decision, take action. We start taking action. We start clearing out that closet. We start doing those things. But if we haven't done any of the preliminary work, when we start looking at all this stuff that we've pulled out of a closet and then we have no idea how it's connected to anything else in our homes, it's so hard to bring it to completion, right? So we don't follow through. So if we begin to just develop and practice the skill of I'm making a decision, I'm taking an action, I'm following through, I'm making a decision, right? And we keep practicing that, then it makes it easier for us to show up. Oh, Janine, this has been so, so fun. Thank you for joining me. This has been great. Now, we've come to the spot in the podcast where I ask you to give the Happier You community a quote and a challenge. Do you have something ready for us? But I actually have two quotes. Can I have two? Absolutely. I love quotes. You can never have too many. It's William Morris. And it says, if you want a golden rule that will fit everything, this is it. Have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Um, but the one that I have for your community. So that's okay. mine. The se- true secret of happiness lies in the taking a genuine interest in all the details of daily life. And isn't that what we're talking about? Absolutely. Here's a challenge. If you choose to walk through and take a closer look at your life, don't pick through the trash. So if things come up, I think that's where we really need to think about the release. But we don't need to go picking through the trash. We just need to toss it. That's one of the biggest challenges my clients work with. Because as soon as they start this work, things come up and it can start to overtake them. All right, team, what a great conversation with Janine. I really enjoyed myself. I'm going to encourage you guys to stick around for the bloopers because we belly laughed a couple times. I know Janine challenged you, but I'm going to challenge you to go check out Janine's eight minute sweep. It's really awesome. I often use it more than once in a week. So I've put a link in the show notes that you can follow to go check out more information on her eight minute sweep. She's awesome. I'm definitely going to have Janine back on the show because there's so much stuff that I couldn't share with you in this short time period. Lots of goodness. I know I've got my to do list after talking to her. All right, happy people. Have a great week. Remember when you have a choice, choose happy, have a good one and go get your happy on. But think of me as a potato. You'll never get it wrong. You're not potato-like at all. I have my friend, Janine Rusick, on the 
<laughs> the potato cast. <laughs> The potato lady. Russick, 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 Okay. <laughs> I really thought you were going to give them the challenge to do an eight-minute sweep. Like, really? <laughs> that's a good one. That's just a given. Oh, that's just a given. I love it. That's so good. That's so good. I totally forgot. What was the question? 